Good evening, sports world. What is happening? Chris Dell here from Go Baller FFS and the Family Feud Sports Podcast, here to bring you our weekly NCAA Insider Podcast, our March Madness Special Edition, breaking down the games that were of the first weekend of the 2018 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Sitting here with my co-host slash father, aka the Godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. And man, our brackets are ripped up, torn to shreds, light lit on fire, man. I lit a torch to that one a couple days ago. All the ones I filled out, absolutely demolished. No chance anymore to win this thing. Mr. Allendale, you're in the same boat as me. But I'm going to ask you first, what was your biggest surprise, biggest shock of the first weekend? Obviously, besides UMBC being Virginia, what else was on your radar? Or was that the biggest thing on your radar overall this first weekend of the NCAA tournament? Maybe Villanova winning their first two games because uh, I told you before the tournament started that this was the one season, and you can quote me, look up the tape that a one could beat a sixteen because there was no dominant team and there and there was so much parity. You said it. You said it yourself. You didn't pick it though. You didn't pick it, man. I had UMBC on my first ESPN tournament challenge bracket the same night the bracket was revealed. So much for the rest of my picks. Absolutely terrible. All my champions are done. My final four teams are done, except for Villanova on one of mine. I had Michigan State winning it. I had one bracket with. Cincinnati winning it all. Had another bracket with Arizona going to the Final Four. All those completely shot now. So goes the NCAA and March Madness. Talk about madness this year. And the South region, looking at all the different regions of the bracket now, not a single seed of the top four has made the Sweet 16 like they're supposed to do as the favorites in their respective regions. We've got number nine, Kansas State, facing off against number five, Kentucky. Call it the Kentucky Wildcats. Your boy, John Calipari, the new favorites to reach the Final Four in that region. And then in the bottom, Bottom of the bracket, my, my beloved Loyola Chicago Marymount, the Ramblers, and your girl sister Jean representing the 11th seed going up against Eric Musselman's Nevada Wolfpack and number seven, Nevada with a 22-point comeback win over the Cincinnati Bearcats this past weekend in the second round. Man, I don't, I don't know. It's just no one would ever pick this. I think Kentucky's the only one you could say might have been a common pick amongst people filling out the bracket. I don't think anyone had Kansas State going this far. I had Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16, but not going to the Elite Eight. So let's let's just say that's the only pick to me. Those two that that, that really kind of don't surprise me. Nevada, I didn't think would, would have a chance to get out of that first week, and I thought they might even lose that first round game they had, and they almost did. But overall, who is your favorite now? To come out of this region, are you going to go back to the chalk and pick Kentucky to come well, out I mean, of the Let me say floor? one thing. College basketball is mainly about coaches, and it didn't surprise me the coaches that lost. Uh, it just didn't surprise me. We can go back to uh, Arizona, Buffalo beating Arizona. Sean Miller has had a horrid resume history of this tournament, and he, he, you know, he tried to get the ball inside to his big man. And it didn't work. He didn't make many adjustments. And Buffalo just, just ran rampant over them. And then you saw what Kentucky did to Buffalo. They, they handled them quite easily. Uh, UMBC uh, beating Virginia. I, I don't know. Virginia maybe was overseeded, even though they had a great regular season. And they were missing DeAndre Hunter, who's, who was a ACC six player, six man of the year. And maybe is their best player, most athletic and quickest. It might have really helped them a lot. 
but he wasn't there. Well, let's uh, just talk about Tony Tony Bennett over there, Virginia Cavaliers head coach for a second. I mean, this guy's been bounced from the tournament early almost every year. Talk about under-exceeding expectations, season in and season out with that team. And you look at this year, the number one overall seed. I'm going to go back and pull that clip from our podcast last week that I said this was the most vulnerable number one seed out of the whole bunch. A team that struggles to score more than 60 points in any given game. And if they can't stop the opponent and hold them under 50, then they're, they're going to be in some serious trouble. And UMBC just completely routed this team. I mean, final score, 74-54. to 54. You thought a, if a 16 seed would win, it would be on a buzzer beater shot from half court and double over, double or triple overtime. But UMBC laid the smackdown on Virginia. And you look at Virginia's players, and, and I, I just don't honestly don't know how they were able to amass such a great regular season record, only losing two games in the ACC. Maybe the ACC is a little overrated. Not too many ACC teams left in this tournament. What, Duke may be the only one left, unless I'm, uh, Clemson, obviously, laying the smackdown on Auburn in the second round. So we got, what, two, two ACC teams left. We got four Big 12 teams left. So a quarter of the Sweet 16 is all the Big 12. I think that's been the toughest conference in basketball college basketball consistently for the last five to ten years finally getting some due in the tournament when you look at overall i mean the two biggest upsets you could say buffalo over arizona was the other one buffalo won that game going away by by 20 yeah. 21 points in that game so it's crazy that you think in the past these upsets were one point games two point games right at the last second last second shot and then we have just two absolute routes I think it's a, it understates to say that Sean Miller and Tony, Tony Bennett had poor coaching performances in this tournament. But I don't see either of them leaving. Obviously, Sean Miller, maybe he could be let go because of all the other ongoing scandal stuff over at Arizona. But Tony Bennett's going to be back, and I, I didn't really see him taking blame himself as a coach. It seemed like he more or less put it on the team and his players in that game. Well, you know what Virginia ought to do? They ought to get the other Tony Bennett. I mean, guys your age never heard of the singer Tony, Tony Bennett. It was still around, and it's 91 years old. He, he was singing before Frank Sinatra. So maybe they should bring him in, because if you look at Tony Bennett, the coach, uh, uh, he has not fared very well. In, a la in his last five appearances in the NCAA, twice he was knocked out in the first round and twice he was knocked out in round two. So that, that's not very good. But, I, you know, this is the way it is these days. The, the three-point shot is a great equalizer when two teams play. Just for one game, anybody can win. Uh, the, the underdog, there's no pressure on them. They're playing it with an incredible amount of intensity. It's the biggest night of their career. And the favor, the big school team, if they win, blah, blah, they're supposed to win. If they lose, they get totally embarrassed. So it's easier to get tight. I thought Virginia got really tight. They got away from what they do, and, and they just couldn't handle, and the avalanche just came. So these, these are, these are going to happen more and more. There's a lot of parity in basketball. The question is, is this good? Uh, Virginia had a great season. Uh, UMBC, uh, where they lose to by 44 points to somebody. I can't even remember. To, to Albany, a conference team yeah, earlier so, in the season. So, but but that but that's in the past, and we're talking about the present yeah, right okay, now. And, so that's and, and you, you, can you, can, you can say Virginia had a, had a great regular season, but they had a terrible season when you look at the final outcome. And the final outcome is all that matters when you're a major conference school. UMBC is going to go down in the history books, even though they lost in the second round to Kansas State. Put up a hell of an effort against a good Kansas well, State team, by the way. Look, they, 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 were, they, were, they were within one or two possessions of winning that ball game towards the end, lost by seven points overall. That team could be in the Sweet 16. Kansas State was able to pull it out. I got Kentucky over Kansas State. 
to me, Loyola Chicago versus Nevada is as good as a toss-up. I mean, Loyola Chicago has won both their games on uh, game-winning shots in the final 10 seconds, the buzzer beater in round one over Miami, and then a shot in the final five seconds to beat the Tennessee Volunteers, who look like a damn good SEC team at that. So Loyola Chicago is riding the momentum, and not to mention your girl Sister Jean, the, the, the elder statesman for Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers. This is a team that we talked about before the tournament that I had them in the Sweet 16 on every bracket. I think now they have a chance to go to the Elite Eight. I, I think they have a damn good chance to beat Nevada in this game. Nevada, if they can be shut down and play tightly on the defensive side of things, they're known to be a little bit vulnerable. They lost by 20, 30 points to San Diego State in their conference tournament just a few weeks back. So I'm going to give the edge to Loyola in this game, and we could be seeing a 5 versus an 11 in the Elite with Kentucky going up against Loyola Chicago that would be one hell of a matchup at that but um, just you know looking at the rest overall we got one other double digit seed and that's Syracuse we'll get into that game in a little bit Syracuse going up against Duke maybe the top two zone defenses in the country but yeah. it, it, this is this is what March Madness is all about as as much as much as I was pissed that my bracket got messed up I, I could say I could say that's the same thing for everyone I think the people that knew the least about basketball going into this tournament had the best brackets my my nephew my nephew is in first place in our ESPN tournament challenge the kid is a basketball fan but doesn't watch it that consistently he had Kansas over Florida State in the finals obviously Florida State he's being a homer from Florida so you see the t- the people that pick the crazy final four selections the most random final appearances and matchups they're the ones that are going to be leading your bracket pool right now and it just that's usually how it goes with march madness man that's all i can say about that one but uh it's going to be some interesting matchups there in the south region we'll be back here in a few seconds talking about the rest of the regions the east the midwest and the west region in los angeles we'll be right back here on go baller ffs our march madness ncaa insider podcast Back here on Go Baller FFS, our March Madness Monday Insider Special. I'm your host, Chris Dell, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, my co-host. Mr. Alan Dell, take it away without further ado. Moving over to the top right side of the bracket in the East region. Not too much surprises here. We've got one, two, three, five as the final four seeds left. Villanova faces West Virginia and Texas Tech faces Purdue. The only team not making it out alive. Wichita State upset by your boys, the Marshall Thundering Herd in the first round and completely blown out by Huggy Bear. So is West Virginia your your dark horse candidate to come out here? What are your thoughts on this region overall in the East? Well, the Thundering Herd got trampled by the Mountaineers. You can say that again. And uh, they just couldn't handle the press. There's two teams left in this tournament that really are are hard teams to play against when you don't have much time to prepare, and that's West Virginia and Syracuse. Syracuse use that 2-3 zone, but West Virginia use that full-court press. Uh, They turned Murray State over. Uh, tremendously against when that first game and then they just the thundering herd Marshall couldn't do anything against them and then yep. Javon Carter just went off he couldn't miss anything too so I I I just like Villanova's uh, like the sweetheart the darling of, of the teams that are left but I would not be surprised if West Virginia and its press beats Villanova that that's a game to keep your eye on uh, Villanova from all the odds makers right now have them as have as them as the favorite out of the teams left to win the tournament, but I, I like West Virginia. It would surprise me if they win the tournament. And then everybody's saying, well, Duke's got the bo- in the bottom half of that bracket. or The Midwest region. Mid- Midwest region, they're saying they've got a, 
a clear path, but it's going to be quite interesting. As everyone knows that follows basketball, Syracuse has that 2-3 zone. They're long. They're the tallest team in the country. And Duke is now playing a lot of zone. So that's going to be one of the most exciting, interesting, or boring games you've ever seen. Michigan State, Syracuse was boring to the average fan, certainly not to the Syracuse fans. Fifty, Not many points were scored in that game. But, uh, I thought that was a great game. I mean, great defense overall. And, and you talk about Syracuse and West Virginia as, as being two teams that you favor in terms of being the toughest matchups. I mean, two teams with the, with the best, most unique defenses because West Virginia, a.k.a. Press Virginia, and obviously Syracuse with Jim Beheim's famous zone defense. I mean, Syracuse has won three games already. They had to win in a play-in game. They've won their three games by a combined 11 points. So they're averaging four points a win. Duke's coming off a 25-point blowout of Rhode Island. They killed Iona in the first round. I mean, but West Virginia, on the other hand, looking back up at the East, they've won both their games by almost 20-plus points. They beat Murray State by 17 and then Marshall by 23. So that's, that's 40 points combined in their two victories. Uh, I think Syracuse has a chance in this one. They, if they can continue to play very disciplined zone defense and force tough shots, these are shots that teams like Duke and throughout the rest of the tournament, these guys aren't used to taking shots, imbalanced in the paint, quick rush shots in the perimeter. Can the Duke Blue Devils use their talent, all the lottery picks on that team that they have to get past that zone defense? It's going to be a good question there. It's going to be a great matchup. And then looking at Kansas versus Clemson on the other side, I think most people are taking Kansas in that one. Purdue-Texas Tech could be the, the most uh, balanced, uh, even matchup in this entire east side of the bracket, looking at the east and midwest regions. What teams do you think are coming out of the Final Four on that side? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Duke at the bottom. They're at the bottom at the bracket. I, I just think they'll have enough that they just got, you know, they got the experience with Grayson Allen. They, they've got Coach K. They got two big men that are very talented. And I think there'll be enough to – Syracuse can scare you, but I don't see how Syracuse – is going to score any points. That's the biggest thing. Well, all they got to do is score about 50-something, and that's been enough for them to win so far. So if Duke beats Syracuse, you got them getting past Kansas in the Elite Eight. Possibly, yeah. I think so. I, can't, I think Kansas is a little overrated. Kansas been, you know, one by four against Seton Hall. The game was maybe a little closer on the final score than it really was throughout that game. Obviously, they had a little scare in the first round against Penn, wound up winning that game by double digits. I also think they're a little bit overrated. I definitely give the edge to Duke in this re I wouldn't be surprised to see Syracuse come out and make the final four. They did it, what, a year or two ago as the 10 two seed? Years ago. Yeah, they, they they were the only double digit team to make the final four as a 10 seed. Why can't they be the first 11 seed to make the final four? I, I, I don't think it's that far out of the equation. Actually, I take that back george mason was an 11 seed coming out to make the final four about 10 or so years ago but they will be one of the only other double digit seeds to do it uh and when you look at this you know overall in the, i mean overall in the bracket you could say that villanova is still the favorite west virginia obviously the best defenders in this region but what about a team like texas tech or purdue you think either of those teams have a chance to make the final four or the finals I, I gotta go with duke and just because of the individual talent if you think about it you got you got Grayson Allen, four-year starter, basically, very talented, been around. And then you got Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter, two big men. And then throw in uh, Gary Trent Jr., a freshman guard. So that, that, I don't think any team has more individual talent than Duke with those four guys, but they're young except for Grayson Allen, but he puts it together. I mean, you look at the NBA draft.net mock draft board where they, they make the predictions for the upcoming NBA draft. Duke has four projected first round picks, three of them lottery picks, 
five picks overall in the draft, including second rounder as of now, Trev Trevon Duvall, their their point guard, six foot two. I mean, you talk about Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, not to mention Gary Trent Jr. And obviously, you mentioned Grayson Allen right there. So obviously, the individual talent is there. And they're, and they're, they're playing. The, you got Coach K, but Coach K's lost a lot of games as a favor in his career. Obviously, he's won a lot, too. I'm not going to take that away from him. Bayheim and the Syracuse team, they can rally together as a team. It's us against the world, and you love that type of mentality, especially in the Sweet 16 where more upsets can be had in this tournament. How about let's move over to the west side. You talk about Duke being the favorite. Villanova, West Virginia, looks like you're leaning that way uh, on the east side. I'm going with the Mountaineers. I just I believe in them. I believe in that press. I believe in Bob Huggins. I believe in J- Javon Carter. I, I like West Virginia, but if they don't hit their outside shots, they were absolutely on fire against Marshall. And they've played two very small schools leading up to this point. So Virgin- Villanova is going to be West Virginia's first real test in this tournament. Don't sleep on Texas Tech or Purdue. The winner of that game could easily get past either Villanova or West Virginia. Virginia in the Elite Eight. Texas Tech is a team that's been great all year, consistently in the top 20, top 15, top 10 in the country in the rankings. Purdue as well, earlier in the season, a top five team overall. Don't sleep on these guys. Looking at the West region, another ups, an, another upset-laden region. You got the Florida State Seminoles beating Xavier, knocking off the oh, number one seed there. That was another poor coaching job. Well, how about Texas A&M completely routing North Carolina? Your boy Roy Williams there. Well, North Carolina we knew wasn't as good this year than it was last year when they won the everything. It wasn't even close. They really lacked a, lacked a lot of talent. But no one thought Texas A&M was going to beat them in the second round. I mean, let's be real about that, right? I mean, look, it's like a, Michigan's now the favorite to come out when you look at in terms of seeding. Well, you Michigan got Michigan versus Texas A&M and then Gonzaga versus Florida State. Yeah. You, you think Michigan's going to be the favorite right now? Or what do you think overall in that one, man? Yeah, Michigan got into this round on a prayer and a wing, you know? Wing yeah. and a prayer, I should say. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, obviously, you know, with the buzzer beater against Houston, Houston was looking really good in this tournament. It's, it's, it's a shame to see them go home early. But Michigan, Texas A&M, I think Michigan's going to be the clear-cut favorite, quote-unquote, in that game. Gonzaga, Florida State, Gonzaga will be the favorite. So the, the, the odds makers are going to be saying it's going to be Gonzaga versus Michigan in the Elite Eight. But at this point, especially in this region, I wouldn't be surprised to see Texas A&M and Florida State duking it out for a Final Four berth. That's seven versus the nine. And when we talk about pain, painful losses, you can talk about Virginia in some of those teams. But I got to say, the team that suffered the most painful loss has to be Cincinnati. I mean, they had that game one. They were up <laughs> by 22 with 11 minutes to go, and they lost in the battle. There's absolutely no excuse. I thought Mike Cronin was supposed to be the great coach. What happened to your boy, yeah, man? Uh, Mike Cronin, I, I, I think he needs to calm down. He gets too excited on the sidelines. I think it has a, neg- a negative effect on his players. And then he went off in the press conference. He looked like uh, after, the modern-day Bobby Knight out there getting yeah, all yeah, red face. Yeah, you don't want to look like Bobby Knight. I, I, I don't think that's good at all. And, and I think it hurt him. I mean, they had that game wrapped up. It's no excuse. And, and Eric Musselman on Nevada side, the complete opposite. The guy took off his shirt after they won and was dancing around in the locker room. His son autographs his chest with a marker. Talk about a head coach who's playing it loose. And, and getting his guys confident and, and just really loose themselves to, to pull off multiple victories and make a deep run. This is a Nevada team. They're 27-7. and seven. They've won almost 30 games this season. They don't play in the worst of conferences, obviously not in a major conference. They had, a, they had an Achilles heel that was San Diego State. They lost by 20-plus points to San Diego State twice in the season. People looked at those losses late in the year as potential uh, hurdles for them to, to win a couple games, and now they've gotten past that matchup. I think they got a great matchup against Loyola Chicago. 
Chicago. Nevada will actually be the favorite in this game. And, man, you know, who, who knows you at, know, at this point is going to come against out. A team that's got the, the so-called, you know, I don't want to get into the religious thing, but you got a sister, 98-year-old sister who's sitting in a wheelchair, has some connection to a higher power. Hey, man, I'm going for Loyola Chicago to win the whole damn thing. Sister Jean all the way. Pull your magic, baby. That's what I'm talking about. We'll be back with a final segment here on our March Madness Insider Podcast. Be right back. And we are back, the final segment of our March Madness Insider Podcast here on Go Baller FFS. And Mr. Allen Dell, final thoughts wrapping up, going into the Sweet 16. We're going to do some more NCAA basketball recap tomorrow, looking at some of these matchups more in depth. We're going to be doing our official NCAA quick picks on Wednesday. Looking forward to the games ahead on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. By the end of this week, we will have a final four set in this wild, wild bracket for 2018. Mr. Allen Dell, you get a little Sister Jean shout out you want to give out you're going into this week, huh? Yeah, well, first of all, she's a basketball player. She played basketball and then she coached college basketball for 20 years. And right now, she's the biggest celebrity of the tournament. Uh, she, she's known for being wheeled down the street near the school in Chicago and the, the person that was was pushing her said he can't do it anymore because we're getting mobbed by fans and uh, she's the biggest celebrity of, of the tournament so it's pretty amazing what's happening and it's pretty hard to root against a team like that uh, Loyola said they received hundreds of national media requests for Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt the, the, the legal name but we'll stick with Sister Jean for now yeah, okay. you, you remember being that popular. They used to call you white, white chocolate back in the day, huh? That, that, back on the basketball courts of Vietnam. Hey, Mr. Uh, Allendell, you used to be me. famous yourself out there, no, man. You're, you're fabricating. I'm sorry. That's never... <laughs> uh, we call, call, calling you Brother Gene here in a second, man. I mean, obviously a great story, Sister Gene. The, the, the memes on Twitter are hilarious. The Sister Act 2, back-to-back wins. This is a team that I think can keep winning games overall, but I'm just going to break it down and cut to the chase here. We talked about all the, re- all the regions, all the upsets, all the potential upsets to come. Give me your championship game right now on a whim, Mr. Allendale. What two teams do you have meeting in the finals right now, and who is going to win the championship well, this overall? this is what I got. This will be TV. People will love this. I, I got Kentucky and Calipari meeting Bob Huggins in West Virginia. How about that? Okay, all right, I see. So that's the uh, underdogs right that's there. That's TV, but no, I, I don't. I think Kentucky is a favorite right on the left side of the bracket now, which is the West and the South. I think so, Kentucky so I, I guess the question: would, would Kentucky be favored against either a Gonzaga or Michigan in the final yes, four? Yes, even though they're the higher seed. That means nothing anymore. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't mean really, anything the anymore. The odds are right now that they're they're considered the favorites. Right now. So you guys, so so who you got? Kentucky versus West Virginia, potential final. final matchup. Who wins that game? Huggy or Cal? Oof, that's a tough one. You know what? I'm going to go with the seniors, Javon Carter, and I'll say West Virginia Huggins wins his first national title. Ooh, calling it here, yeah, man. I don't think they've been in a championship game since Jerry West, and that was in the 1950s. Well, your boy Huggy Bear hasn't been that deep in the tournament in a long time. I mean, I know he had one good run in West Virginia, but not to the championship game. That would be a hell of an accomplishment for the Mountaineers rep in Morgantown, West Virginia. And let me say this about Kentucky. I love that, that guard they got, Gilgius Alexander. I mean, to me, he has proven to be the best guard, best point guard in this tournament. He's a great pick. I say he's so much better than Colin Sexton and Trey Young. First of all, his height, 
He's smooth. He, he understands the game. He's got great court vision. He's averaging 23.7 rebounds, 6.5 assists. Okay, two games, but still, that's what he's done. And, and, and Kentucky has outscored both of those teams 80 to 50 in the paint. I, I, I like West Virginia and Texas Tech to win their Sweet 16 games to make it an all-Elite 8 Big 12 matchup. West Virginia versus Texas Tech. I think West Virginia makes it to the Final Four where they will lose to the Duke Blue Devils. As much as I want to see Syracuse win, and I think they're going to keep it close, my gut says stick with the Dukies because they just have so much damn talent. I got Duke versus Kentucky in the national championship game. And Kentucky will be the underdog in that one. Coach Calipari cutting down the nets after all the crying and whining he did when the brackets were revealed. Coach Cal, not Coach K, gets the last laugh in this year's NCAA tournament and proves once and for all that he is one of the most underrated coaches in the entire country. Not just a great recruiter, but a very damn good coach at that. It's going to be real exciting. We're going to be back on Wednesday with our picks. We'll be back tomorrow with some more hoops talk in the NBA, NCAA, maybe a little bit of NFL free agent frenzy talk as well with our triple-double podcast. Sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell. How do you want to sign yeah, us out? Yeah, I just want to say shout-out to Sister Jean. We love you. You heard it here first, man. You might you might have to drop on one knee and get that proposal going before it's too late, Mr. Allendale. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back, Sports Rory. Appreciate you tuning in. Peace out.